Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. We're calling this season Own Your Happy as we dive into practical ways to make room for happy in our hearts and in our homes. The desire for happy is in the heart of every human, and the desire for our kids to be happy is most definitely in the heart of every single mom. Together this season, we're gonna embrace the responsibility to make room for happy in our lives. And we're gonna empower our kids to embrace the responsibility for their happy as well. We'll learn all about a fearless mindset, internal locus of control and resilience, what those words mean, why they're important for us to understand and how to equip our kids with all of them. We'll talk about laughter, of course, as well. It is our theme verse after all. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Hey guys, this is Julie Richard. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. We are talking about having a happy home. This series that we're in right now is all about creating the culture of a happy home. And today we're talking specifically about marriage in the home and how a happy home is built on the foundation often of a happy marriage. And so I have a special guest with me today. (laughs) Go ahead. And why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to everyone? My name is Mac Richard, and I have the distinct privilege of being married to the OG fearless mom, Julie Richard. And uh, it is fun. You know, part of the fun of being able to have this conversation on a podcast is the fact that, at least in my opinion, we actually do have a happy marriage off microphone and off stage and everything else. But that's just me. I don't I want to speak ahead. for anyone else in the room. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you are here to talk about marriage today because I think it's important to get your perspective. Um, on I don't know. You don't, you don't know what my perspective is just yet. Right. It's, let me just say, you know what? <laughs> I am... I am trusting you. And I think I have some new insights I'm going to okay, share Okay, let's stick to our notes that we've done. <laughs> We're talking about how uh, how your marriage impacts the culture of your home. And we've discussed that the culture of your home is by definition, our definition that we're using, the shared set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices that that set of values, that belief system that really drives, that characterize an institution or an organization, or in our case, a family or a home. And we're going to talk specifically about how a marriage actually has a culture, because culture is also a shared way of thinking, behaving, or working that exists in a place, an organization, or a family, or a, a marriage. marriage. And I think culture is one of those words that gets overused a lot of times. Because it is actually a thing. You know, to your point that you just said, to say, you have a culture in your marriage or in your home about marriage, even. There is a culture there. The question is just going to be is it intentional or is it incidental? And we want to, we want to help get intentional about that culture and feeding the fire of what works and what lasts and ultimately what glorifies God, but also brings us the most good. And those things are always connected. Absolutely. And, you know, um, when we talk about a happy home, we have said over and over again, and I, I can't say it enough, particularly today as we talk about marriage, 
A happy home is not one that is full of happiness all the time. Right, right. A happy home is one that has an overall feeling of contentment, of pleasure, of fondness. But a happy home is a home in which any feeling's okay to feel. As a matter of fact, we welcome, we acknowledge that life brings unfun feelings and we create a culture in which any feeling's okay to feel, but how you express it matters. But the zoom out, the overall feeling is happy. And that takes intentionality. Everyone has a culture, either by default or by design, but we are going to embrace the responsibility to create the culture we want to have. And we have established that a desire for happiness is in the heart of every human, and a desire for kids to be happy is in the heart of every mom. And I think that's a great point, though. And I think it's a really significant point. I think sometimes happy gets a bad rappy. I think sometimes. <laughs> well, sorry, sad. I couldn't. I couldn't. But it's true. I think especially, I've I've heard so many times before. God, I, I, as a matter of fact, to be fair, I've even said this and preached this myself as a pastor. God doesn't want you to be happy; He wants you to be joyful. God doesn't want you to be happy; He wants you to be obedient. And that is true as far as it goes. But here's one thing I know: as a parent, in my case, as a dad. When I see Emily or Joe or Allie or Sylvie thriving and living their best life and loving life and and see them happy, there's nothing that brings me more joy than that, unless it's maybe seeing you happy. But to see your kids happy is, is one of those things that fuels me and fills me with life. And I am a deep, maybe not deeply, but certainly flawed human father. How much more does our perfect Heavenly Father enjoy seeing us happy and enjoying life. Now, he knows the best way to see us happy and enjoying life is to honor him in everything that we do, to live biblically, to follow him, to take up our cross daily. But within that, that's I think that brings God great joy to see us happy. And so I think one of the ironies is if you chase happy, you'll never get there. But there is a way to experience happy day in and day out. And that's what I think we're going to talk about today. Well, if you look at John 10, 10, I say this verse all the time. I I truly believe, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And there are so many different translations, um, an abundant life, an overflowing life, a life better than we could imagine. And I believe happy is part of that. And so Jesus' desire, obviously, it is submitting our life to his laws and our ways to his word, but through that, we will find happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we say that happiness is not the cure for or the solution to depression, Right. nor is it the absence of sadness. Yeah. A happy home culture, a happy marriage has all of the feelings, has ups and downs, but the overall feeling is one that is safe simple and silly. And that's what we say all the time about a happy home, safe, simple, silly. We'll go into that just a little bit when we talk about marriage, but you were going to say something. Yeah. I think when you talk about a happy marriage, it's really, really important to pull back a little bit more even and say, it's, it's about your perspective toward marriage, your perspective on marriage. For example, I come out of a single parent family. My mom raised three boys by herself. Now, her job was exponentially. I don't want to gloss over that. No, no. Your mom is a force and she, yes, she is, is, you know, small but mighty. And <laughs> yes. she raised three boys by herself. And when you say that, I want to let everybody know she had no family in town. Right. She literally raised three boys. Now, her parents 
She's an only child and her parents are amazing, were amazing were. and played a huge role, but they lived an hour and a half away. But I'll say this, the the biggest role in our family, apart from, or maybe in addition to the four of us who lived in that house together after my dad left, the biggest player in our family was the church. My mom kept us tethered to the church. I remember one time in high school saying, hey, mom, you know, I've got a formal this weekend, so Saturday night, and you know, I've got a later curfew. Thank you. So I'm probably not going to go to church on Sunday. And she turned around to me and very quietly, but very directly and very sincerely said, oh, I don't think so. If we go out on Saturday night, we still get up on Sunday morning. She was very clear that this is who we are and this is what we do. And that made all the difference in the world. But my point about being raised in a single parent family even though my mom was a single mom, she she maintained a healthy, I would say healthy and positive perspective and outlook on marriage. She never, ever talked down the institution of marriage. She never talked down my dad in particular. And to be candid, she had some ammunition she could have used and would have, she would have been speaking truth, but not in love. And so my brothers and I all came up in a home that even though my parents were divorced, we had a very positive perspective and outlook on marriage itself from a mom who was not married, who was divorced. And I want to say to all the single moms listening who are worried about their kids and their kids' view toward marriage, all three of you yeah. are married. And let's think, we've been married 31 years. Yep. Your brothers have been married- Over 25. Over 25, each of them. So I'm just saying to the same women, right? To the same, yes. They, everyone, <laughs> yes, married. They're all involved in church. They're all um, they're good. They're they're good guys. All of us are, you know, relatively contributing members of society. Yes, and uh, but we we're close with our wives. We're close with our kids, and there is no question that that started with my mom long before we were even dating the women who would become our wives. Yes, her attitude toward marriage. Yeah. And so it, um, when we talk about happy home, happy marriage, it's also a healthy attitude about marriage. I think that's even where it starts. If, yes, even if you're not married. And you know what? There are a lot of moms listening who are like, I am married, but it's a very unhealthy, unhappy marriage. But your vision about marriage, your attitude about yeah. marriage was really built by your mom. And so what we do in Fearless Mom, you know, our job is not to change our husbands or to, you know, make them do the right thing so that we can have a happy home. We embrace our responsibility in the relationship. Our Galatians um, 6, 4, and 5, and I say our verse because we claim this verse for a lot of things as we embrace responsibility. Pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So moms, if you're listening out there, if you can get your husbands to listen, awesome. But if you are a single mom or you are feel like you are momming alone, then we want to say our goal for you today is to pay careful attention to your own work and then say, what can I learn from this? And so we want to make sure that we are entering this with the right attitude. Yeah, I loved your definition of happy. You said it a few minutes ago, but it's an overall feeling of contentment, pleasure, and fondness. Yes. And just as happy gets a bad rap, I really, really believe this. I think fun is grossly underrated. And 
I know when you've been married for more than about 30 or 45 minutes, you can forget fun. You can forget because you, you know, you're through the honeymoon, you're past the honeymoon, and now you're living life, you're paying bills, you're going to work, perhaps raising kids, you know, and so those, those things beat the fun out of you a little bit, unless you're really intentional about injecting fun and, and creating those moments. And I, and I know as, as soon as I make that statement, a mom who's listening to this, or maybe even a, a husband and a dad who's listening to this is thinking, I'm too tired to have fun. It's true. And I it, mean, and you, it does happen. And there, there are, are those stages seasons. There are those and seasons, seasons and those stages. But as long as you keep in mind that it is just a season, that this is not a lifestyle, this is not how we're going to always be, and where do, how can I create some pockets of fun? Well, how can how... I create some pockets of, of happy along the way? Because you are going to be tired. When you've got toddlers at home, exhaustion is the norm. But you can't forfeit fun for just the drudgery of day-to-day life. Well, it's really good for our children. It's not taking away for our, from our children. It's not being less of a parent when I focus on my marriage. Right. When I understand that a healthy marriage, a happy marriage positively impacts my child, then I say, you know what? I'm going to work to make our marriage safe, simple, and silly. And so simple means we are diligent about our calendar. We're guarded. Safe means we are physically safe, emotionally safe, spiritually safe. We can talk about anything. And then that silly, don't underestimate the power of silly. And so consider, when was the last time we laughed together? And Mac and I are very intentional about this. And we really worked on this. I think um, 2020 really brought it to the forefront. We've (laughs) always laughed a lot, but we said we will be deliberate about laughing every day because every day wasn't funny in 2020. No, it really wasn't. But we made an intentional decision. We will go to bed at night after watching a funny show. Absolutely. Every single night. So we worked laughter into our lives every day. And it didn't matter what was happening that day. We knew we would end it with an episode of some funny sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And it made a huge difference. And actually, we are still doing it. It's become a habit. I I wish I could give someone credit for this quote. I don't know where I found it. Or actually, to be fair, Julia found it and said we could work it in. But it says, marriage doesn't take work. It takes play. Wow. And I know the Gottmans who are... I completely buy that. The Gottmans say a lot that we... We um, need to really just emphasize friendship in marriage. Yeah. If you would focus on the friendship, then the rest takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah. With intentionality and with God's intervention. But I've got friends who never pick up the phone and call me. I've got other friends who call me for no reason out of the blue three or four times a week. Those are the guys that I don't feel like I'm working to have a friendship with, and so. Any little thing, like when you send me a text or if I shoot you a text, it it doesn't even have to be about anything. As a matter of fact, in some ways, it means more when it's for no reason at all. Hey, just thinking about you. You kiss good. That's a funny little thing to Um, get in the middle of the day. I'm just going to throw in there that I feel like that is a text you would send me. I'm not interested. Who gets credit and who gets blame <laughs> is not the point of this. <laughs> Mac is definitely the more thoughtful one. But but you do a lot of other things that are very thoughtful. You don't think to send a text in the middle of the day because you get a little focused. I am more like, squirrel, I get distracted. But those little things that you do along the way go so far 
to feeding the fire of fun and keeping keeping that fondness, that contentment and pleasure alive in the the marriage. And I think contentment is a really, really, really important thing because when you get tired, you tend to compare. And you go, well, she's I think she's got a great marriage. Her husband's always paying attention to her. Or man, she's she is so sweet to him all the time. What would that be like? You don't know what goes on when you're not around. And contentment is being grateful for what you have in the moment, or more to the point, who you have in the moment. Excellent. Well, when we come back, we are going to talk about two things that literally can change a marriage. And one study, I found it probably one of the most interesting things I've ever read. It is a simple act that can put your marriage on an upward trajectory, no matter where it is today. I can't wait. We want to give a special shout out to all of you who are part of Fearless Mom Groups. We have Fearless Mom Groups that meet in homes with just a handful of moms, and we have others up to 100 or 200 moms that meet in churches. If you're interested in starting a Fearless Mom Group in your area, we'd love to help you get started. Just shoot us an email at info at fearlessmom.com. That's I-N-F-O, info at fearlessmom.com. And we'd love to help you get started. Or maybe you're already part of a mom group, but you'd like to use the Fearless Mom curriculum. We can help you with that too. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you get started today. Thanks for helping us help as many moms as possible to enjoy this thing called motherhood. Okay, Mac, I told them that we were going to say what the two things that every marriage should have. I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a pop quiz. It was, <laughs> well, did you? Well, we have talked about it. We've them, talked so about it, but have, I, we've talked about a lot of things too off mic. You have an unfair advantage, but I have done a lot of research. You know, I love study. Yeah. And the Gottman Institute is the longest. They've done the longest running study. They've studied the same couples. They've studied different couples for decades and decades. Yeah. Yeah. And they measure interactions. It's really fascinating. But they have said all of their research over the decades have shown them that two things, two things yep. that every marriage needs. And the strongest marriage, they would say marriage masters, marriage masters exhibit these two things. And I wish we could get the audience to guess what they are. Yeah, yeah. But since we're just here recording, we wouldn't <laughs> know what they are guessing. Well, but they could hit pause and write them down and compare notes and then compare yes. it to what we're about to say. Yes. Take a pause. Get in your mind. What do you think the two things ba, are da, 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 that da, impact a marriage ba, or that can um, take you to the marriage master category? Are you ready? I'm ready. They are... You know, go, you say them. Kindness and generosity. Kindness and generosity. And generosity does not mean giving of gifts per se. It's generosity of spirit, generosity of thought toward your spouse. Okay, moms, Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. To me, that's kindness and generosity. Mm. She brings him good, not harm, 
all the days of her life. Yes, the Gottman, that's current research, but we have this going all the way back to Proverbs. Um, her Again, husband science can trust is catching her. up to God. Absolutely. And then we talk about kindness. Let's read Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Why don't you read that one? Do you have it? It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I'm pretty sure this was read at our wedding. I know it was. I know it was by your uncle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as you were reading, I have read this verse. I I typed this in yeah. here. And then as you were reading it, I was woo, major flashback because any healthy marriage, a happy marriage is not one without bumps in the road. Right. It is not one without conflict. It is two people that are committed, devoted to one another. And they have said, when, not if, when we disagree, we will work it out. And we can agree to disagree sometimes, but we will be kind and we will be generous. Which is also a finding of the Gottmans that 69% of all marital disagreements are never resolved. Are even unresolvable. Yeah, yeah, Many they're unresolvable. Yes. Or they're never resolved. That's another way of saying the same thing. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> no, sometimes but, you could say are not resolved because they the choose first time not I heard to that resolve number, them. But some yes. things are just not resolvable. It is a difference of opinion. Right, and, agree and I to think disagree. the first time I heard those numbers, my knee jerk reaction was that's terrible. But then I realized, and, and some of this is also the benefits of having been married for thirty one years to you is to learn. You know what? A lot of quote unquote conflicts in marriage are not worth the conflict. They're just disagreements. We can agree to disagree. Like you and I, I love stand-up comedy. That that makes you want to gouge your eyes out. But Okay, gouge my eyes out, maybe hard. Okay, you like Nate Bargatze. I love Nate Bargatze, but I it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm looking at it anyway. It, so that's that's one of those things that we're never going to resolve. You're never going to walk in the house and go, let's watch some stand-up comedy. And that's okay. But there are a lot of other things that we do agree on and to focus on those things. You know, one of the other things that your uncle said at our wedding, besides reading this verse from Ephesians chapter 4, and I, this I remember as vividly, was when he said, you know, on behalf of friends and family who were there, we believe in you. And I think that's one of the things that spouses need to communicate over and over again to their spouse. I believe in you. I, I am for you. I am on your side. As a matter of fact, I'm more on your side than I am my side, which, by the way, is kind of what marriage is supposed to be. If you look at the biblical example and the biblical calling to be married, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So my submitting to you, you're submitting to me, that's actually the recipe for a happy, healthy marriage and a happy, healthy home. Mutual submission. Yeah. It is negotiation. It is compromise. And so we are looking to be compatible, not identical. We will not always well, yeah. have the same opinion. We will not always have the same perspective on things or the same read on the situation. But we are willing to work together because we value we more than me. We just, you know, we just had some work done on our house and there were a 
lot of times where we were making decisions about what color will that be? What will we do here? What will we do there? And I think you, you're welcome to correct me publicly if I'm I wrong can't on wait. this one. Go. I can't but I wait. really think my answer more often than not was, I'm not going to die on that hill. Yes. I, I, I didn't get really worked up about the color of paint that was going to be in our living room. I was like, <laughs> you know what? Knock yourself out. Mostly because I trust you more in that area than I trust myself. But also in the grand scheme of things, I knew once the paint was on the wall, I was never going to think about it again. And so go knock yourself out. So kindness and generosity, it's also important to say that kindness does not mean that I never voice my opinion or I never speak up. <laughs> but truly, no, some people no, believe that, that oh, it sorry. is totally submitting all the time. Right. It is right. mutual submission. Being kind, it is, is speaking up and saying what you need when you need something. And But being kind in the way you say it. So clear is kind. Yes. When we say kindness and generosity, that does not mean always deferring where there's this resentment bubbling up right. inside of you. Clear is kind. So yes. I'm sorry, Mac, I laughed, I laughed yeah, a he, little too hard. Literally, you, you laughed too hard when I say it. But I, I do know that I have talked to women who say, well, I don't want to speak up because I don't want to hurt his feelings or get him angry yep. or whatever the reason. It is mutual submission. It is loving one another. It is caring enough and believing so much. When I say, I believe in you, I believe in us. Yeah. And because I believe in us, I am willing to have the difficult conversation. So I'm willing to fight for us. For us. And so kindness and generosity, it is key. And think generously, always giving the benefit of the doubt, but being mindful of kindness and generosity, kindness and generosity. When in doubt, be kind. When in doubt, give the benefit of the doubt and believe in one another. And I think that kindness and generosity also goes to how do you spend your time together? And being generous, a, a lot of times for us, particularly when our kids were at home and were younger, generosity meant carving out time just for each other. You know, you said in the in the segment earlier, our kids are going to be fine if we invest in our marriage. Actually, our kids are going to be much better than fine. That's the greatest gift you can yes. give your children is a healthy marriage. But to have a healthy marriage, you have to have fun together. You cannot have a healthy marriage that doesn't have fun. Can't do it. And some people will say, well, that's not really my nature. That's not really my personality. I'm just telling you what research says. And you can have fun together, even if you think, well, I'm not a comedian. We don't laugh all the time. That's not what we're saying. Something drew you together initially. Yes. And you can enjoy one another and find something you can do together where you laugh and or you enjoy it together, whether it is paddleboarding together or something. But if you can find something childlike yeah. that yeah. you enjoy doing together, that's like Watching next level. Watching a stupid sitcom Yes, together. that is next level. Okay. So then I also said... There is one, I found this fascinating. There is a simple way to put your marriage on an upward trajectory. Then I found another study that said, actually, I'm pretty sure this was something else I read from the Gottmans, but two words can change your marriage. The two words that you should say more than anything. Thank you. Thank you. Straight up gratitude expressed. Not being grateful, but expressing gratitude. Because there are that's two different things. Yes. Feeling grateful 
and expressing that gratitude, those are two different things. And even for the littlest thing, and, and this is one of those things that I think I, I would imagine probably more moms than dads are going to listen to this podcast. So ladies, let me give you a, a hint and a clue to, to your man's heart. The male ego can work for you and it can work against you. Gratitude expressed to the male ego is a way to help the male ego work for you. When you tell your husband, thank you so much for putting your clothes away. Thank you so much. You are breathing so well today. <laughs> Feeding that fire, I cannot describe to you what it means. Julie says this to me on a fairly regular basis. Hey, I just want you to know I recognize that you work hard, and I am so, so grateful for the way you provide for our family and the way that you work. And that does nothing but feed the fire. I'm kind of like, well, yes, I do. And I'm going to go do it again tomorrow. That gratitude is massive in the heart and mind of a man. Thank you for putting the garbage away. Thank you for making the bed. Thank you for driving the kids to school today. Thank you for picking the kids up from practice today. Thank you for putting the baby to bed. Thank you for whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Say it out loud. So here is the key then. When we talk about mindset, which is in our next few episodes, you'll understand that it's not just what you think about one thing is how you think about everything. So it changes the way you look at everything. Yeah. It changes your perspective. So what we want to challenge you to do, look for opportunities in your marriage to be kind and generous and to express, not just feel gratitude, but to express gratitude. So you want to look for that. Is, the Gottmans also catch, say that. Catch him doing something right. Yes. And that is the difference between a marriage master and a marriage disaster. A marriage master, a wife in a happy marriage is scanning the horizon, looking for opportunities to be kind and generous yeah. and to express gratitude. Whereas a marriage disaster, and you know what? If you're there, be honest about it. Be honest, but you're scanning the horizon looking for mistakes and things to complain about, looking for weaknesses, looking for missteps, and you have now moved into that area of contempt. The good news is that that can be changed by simple behaviors, by saying, you know what? I and not recognize, the behaviors of your spouse. Oh, no, your, your behavior. own behaviors. I recognize that about myself, and now I want to make those changes. So we're going to scan the horizon looking for opportunities to be kind, to be generous, and to express gratitude. And you use a key word there that I think is important just to point out, not to dwell on it, but contempt is cancerous to a marriage. If you feel contempt creeping in and you need to go in on that and cut it out, do whatever you have to do to excise it, maybe it is bringing up a hard conversation like you were saying earlier. That's a very generous thing to do. Do it well, do it wisely, pray about it, but do it to get that stuff out so that the good stuff can thrive and flourish. And an exercise that I read about that can literally put your marriage on an upward trajectory, and they went back and visited marriages after they had done this exercise, is literally just sitting and facing one another. And for a five-minute, 10-minute, 15-minute period, just thanking each other. 
looking in the eyes of each other and thanking each other and just listing things that you can be thankful for. I'm telling you, it changes everything. So gratitude, kindness, and generosity. It's something we all can do, no matter how you were feeling yesterday. You know what? We believe that God's design and desire is for a full life. That means a full marriage, a happy heart, a happy home, a happy marriage. So Mac, as we close today, will you pray for these moms listening, for the families represented and the marriages represented? I would love to. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you grateful that you're accessible, God, and available to us and open to us, even over a podcast recording. Father, I pray for every mom, every dad who will listen to this. I pray for every child represented who will live in the blessing and the benefit of a happy and a healthy home that is rooted in a happy and healthy perspective on marriage. I pray, God, that you would move as only you can. Father, for those who may be right now not feeling any hope at all, I ask that you would infuse them with your presence, with the hope, the hope that we have in Christ, that you would do what only you can do, Give them the power to take one more step toward what you have in store and the life that is truly life. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, we are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things Fearless Mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.